Hear that? That's the sound of someone trying to steal your crypto. Every day, thousands of hackers online are doing the same. That's why Arculus uses air-gapped cold storage technology to protect your assets. Using our keycard and wallet app to form a protective barrier, Arculus insulates you from hackers and puts control of your digital assets back in your hands. Order the first truly air-gapped crypto wallet at GetArculus.com. We're just starting now? Yes. What about all those great lines I just had? <laughs> <laughs> Joe. You know I'm right. Nick Durst here with Joe Calabrese and our guests getting the first word in here with us. Joe, I'm really excited about the awesome guests we have here today. Yeah, yeah. For, over the course of the next hour or so, we're going to have a lot, a lot of fun. Uh, to be honest, I, I feel know? like... How do you know? <laughs> I don't think he really needs an introduction. You know, gonna... That's like Chris Russo nonsense. Oh, we're going to have a great show for you. You have no idea what kind of show you're going to have. None. None. Do you notice that every single every single high heat, the mad dog starts off by saying lots to do on a busy whatever day it is, no matter <laughs> the time of year. <laughs> Joe, I remember my, one of my favorite Russos is he had... Uh, Fred Kerber, who has since retired from the Post, used to work at the Daily News as well, covering basketball. And Fred took time out from his busy day to appear on his WFAN show. And at the end, rather than thanking Fred for taking time out from his busy day, he said with the air, oh, we got to get better guests than Fred Kerber. <laughs> what a jerk. Yeah, I mean, he always has, I mean, one of his, my favorite things he does is like, he'll, when he talks about a player, he'll give two pros and one like weird thing. So like Ted Williams, great hitter, war veteran, frozen head though, weird thing. So he, he always has to learn something. <laughs> or he'd say, uh, Ernie Banks, no ring. Yes. <laughs> no ring. He was one of the greatest players in history. Ring. How many rings do you have, Chris? Exactly. But Joe, why don't you why don't you introduce our guest who's been great so far here for us? Oh, Longtime New York Post columnist and very outspoken, Mr. Phil Munchley. Thank you for coming on with us today. Yeah, yeah. That is your official introduction. Usually we give a really formal introduction, but uh, that went out the window, and this is a lot more fun. So we're going to yeah, continue yeah. doing this. Yeah, okay, sure. Phil, Phil I want to ask <laughs> you because I know you, you had well, a great article on this. Do you? Do you think it's really possible that Luis Rojas was really surprised that known cheater Robinson Cano cheated again and got caught? <laughs> <laughs> what a great guy in the clubhouse. What a great guy in the clubhouse again. And on the field, how many times? He, oh, we're going to miss his jogging into double plays. Oh, he was such a mentor, mentor to the young players. It's just all nonsense. It's all, and my big gripe isn't so much with that. It's that the media, which when I grew up, and, you know, I don't want to be like condescending here, but you'd always depend on them or it to say, what a bunch of nonsense. Now it's like for rubber stamping it, compliance, compliance, compliance. That's what he said. That's what he means. How could he mean it? 
how could he mean that that he's going to miss Robinson and uh, Cano for all the great things he did? Just like Joe Torre did, just like uh, <laughs> stop. Yeah, I think I think Alderson was probably uh, doing a dance once he found out Cano was going to be out for the year. They paid him a lot of money. They paid him a lot of. But look at that whole dynamic. Only the Wilpons could create something like that, where the the guy who signed he and Cespedes, you named him, and we got rid of them both. Well, one guy got rid of himself. Uh, you know, and Cespedes, who's just like you know, fell off a mule or something. Um, <laughs> that 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 uh, the same guy who signed him was your agent. You 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 can't make that stuff up. That and yeah, I I don't want to sound self-aggrandizing, but I was writing this from the start. I said, how how can this dynamic possibly exist, let alone persist? And sure enough, it all comes down to like, well, it didn't. It didn't. So where does where does Van Wagenen go? Back to CAA? You know, I'm gonna. <laughs> I what think he's gonna represent. I think Joe. He's gonna do TV. If he wants to be our agent, For that's whom? fine by me. I don't want to hear from him. That's the problem. For whom? Well, actually, he could work for ESPN, but he didn't knife anyone yet. Right. <laughs> if you, you knife someone, man, he's got a shot. He's got a shot. Maybe MLB Network. You know, they're always there. Yeah, where are you? Joe, you're in your house and you're in your house? Yes, yeah. sir. Look at that microphone. You just keep those around in your house? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I have the mic stand and the mic set up on my desk for uh, for easy access, so I can move it around. Do you do other things? Do you do other things in radio, or podcasting, or anything? Absolutely, I have notes ready, yeah. just in case we say some exciting things that I want to jot down. I have notes too, but it doesn't mean anything because this is all I do. <laughs> Not talk to you. I write a column. Phil, we want to get to a lot of a lot of fun stuff here, but first we want to take you back to your days at Waynesburg College when you got your degree wow. in English. Did you know you wanted to pursue a career in sports journalism, or what was your thought process there, major in English? I was a terrible, terrible student. Uh, I mean, really bad in uh, bio, uh, chem, uh, science, languages. Uh, what was the other one? Math. But I was pretty good in English and uh, history. And history is still my great love in life. And um, I became an English major only because, it's funny because when Vince McMahon sued me for libel, uh, he said, well, you don't have a, a degree in journalism, I said, well, they didn't offer a degree in journalism. But um, then when it was time for cross-examination, I said, well, how many magazines do you have? He said, four. I said, are they good? And he said, oh yeah, they're the best. I says, how, how many journalism majors are working on them? Yeah, I don't know. They said, oh, okay, all right. But um, I was always into sports, played, played a lot of sports. Uh, and uh, I got a gig at the, at the New York Post upon graduation as a copy boy. 
uh, 80 bucks a week, just, you know, a go for running coffee, trying to uh, ingratiate myself. And uh, to a certain extent, I must have done that because I got a, a job in sports as another gopher uh, for $85 a week instead of 80. And, uh, <clears throat> and then one day a, a fellow named Joe Marcus who covered the New York Cosmos when they played in Yankee Stadium, he suddenly died. And Ike Ellis, very famous sports editor at the time, said, who knows anything about soccer? He was a real hard-bitten guy. He was like Edward G. Robinson. You know, and I lied. I'm like, oh, me, oh, please. <laughs> I grew up. <laughs> and uh, he assigned New York Cosmos, and uh, that was the year they took off with Clay <clears throat> Beckenbauer. You guys weren't even born then. Beckenbauer, Kinalia, uh, uh, Carlos Alberto, they had the greatest uh, international team on earth. They Almost self-evidently, they needed about four soccer balls to play because they thought nobody wanted to share it. But, uh, and I, I, we were an afternoon paper then, and I'd write it hard, and I'd write it funny, and I'd write it uh, provocatively, and uh, and that's how I got started. That's how I got started. Then I covered, uh, one year I covered the Rangers, New York Rangers, and that was a, just a horrible year. That's the year between me and Islanders fan because the Rangers were such a miserable group. That was the Phil Esposito years. Just bad guy. And uh, and then I covered the NBA Piscataway Nets. Again, you guys were, you guys were a gleaming near folks' eyes. Well, maybe, maybe in your case, they weren't gleaming. But... Um, but, uh, and then in around 82, uh, this column kind of got started. And there was one other guy before myself who was doing it, but he was using the column to try to get a job in television. He was writing puff pieces about guys and then trying to like ingratiate themselves with a bunch of BS and, and trying to get a job. And that's exactly what happened. And he got the job. And it was like, oh, that was appalling to me. And uh, I took over and I made it a column once a week then twice a week and three times a week. I made it a column for to be read by readers, not the subjects of what I'm writing, not to ingratiate myself, but to to be read by readers, and I have been at that since uh, 1982. Yes. What more do you want? Uh, well, you start off as as a as a basically doing the grunt work, which you know I yeah. really, which a lot of people respect. And then I think what's great about you is, unlike some of your critic colleagues, I think you are first and foremost a sports writer, while some of them are not. They're just trying to you know get their yeah. names out there in social media now. You know, I'm I'm I'm. I'm not sure what you mean by that, but I think I'm very grateful for that because I feel that the uh, that sports uh, writing has lost its literature element. It, it's not to be, it's just a bunch of stats and rumors about trades and, and, and this and, 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 and cliche. Oh my God, there's 
there's and and the, it's not about i mean the new york post used to be a, a, a sports center it used to be about writers the greatest writers in assembled and um you know what we're still okay we're still okay i'm not gonna but i i just don't see people really taking care of it as a craft i don't i don't see people uh caring whether they're insulting the readership in other words writing that uh you know what would what, you say before that uh rojas said the cano well, what a great guy he was a great guy everyone knew now how can you write that how can you write that with a straight face how can you write that without puking on the page so you know but that's a good question if that's what you meant otherwise go to hell <laughs> no, that's what I meant. That's definitely what I meant. Oh, so I would like to. I would like to ask you a follow-up question because I think you're you're a hundred percent right. I think the storytelling aspect uh, has certainly gone away. A lot of it is just very quick uh, puff puff pieces, uh, stuff that you could really read within a matter of thirty seconds, just three or four graphs. Yeah. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of it is everywhere. You see it for the major places. Uh, there are, are definitely a few places where I think you can get really good sports writing. Uh, this is the exact reason why a website like Grantland was started. And obviously that ended years ago and turned into uh, Ringer and Bill Simmons and what he does. Uh, the Athletic, I don't know if you read The Athletic. I don't know if you subscribe to The Athletic. Are there any right places the now uh, that accomplish uh, in your mind what you believe is the standard of of sports in print and written word. Today, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle. Direct TV Stream brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, which means you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. And the best part? There's no annual contract. So stop waiting and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. All right. Let's go microcosmically on that, Joe. When, when a guy such as Roger Goodell Nash, on national radio says PSLs are very good investments, and that is demonstrably false so much so that I, I I feel I could indict him for false claims and not a soul not a bleeping soul other than myself goes near it when they should be protecting the public from this I mean this is this the Jets and Giants had 25 year waiting lists were wiped out overnight by these PSLs and that that the the media who that covered these teams didn't say a blessed thing just complied that just that, that's the kind of stuff that drives me nuts drives me nuts and and you know being left out on an island by myself I become like, oh, he complains about everything. Why aren't you complaining? 
why aren't you screaming bloody murder on behalf of, of your constituents who are sports fans? Those are your constituents. No, no, not a word. So those are the kinds of things that, you know, it started, it started again before you, when they, when they removed the World Series as a day enterprise, even on weekends, that no good kid could see it. And yet a guy like Manfred stands up and says, our kids are our number one concern. I said, you are full of it. You're a liar. I don't know. I, I don't I, I understand the ramifications of the word. You're a liar. It doesn't mean there's kids don't mean anything to you. Money. And I understand that. I understand that. TV money. You're not gonna you're not gonna play you're not gonna have a, a weekend World Series game that uh, on a Saturday or a Sunday afternoon because you're gonna have to take less TV money. So don't tell me the kids are important because you're a liar. Yeah. Are you I, done? Yeah, I, oh. I, <laughs> I think you're <laughs> speaking about money. The NFL is now doing, they're going to have a huge rights deal coming up here with all the, the packages. Everybody's going to get every single thing. I'm a little surprised they're not trying to work in a Tuesday night and a Friday night package to just have football Thursday through Tuesday. Uh. Either, what you're suggesting, Nick, is that why don't they continue on this path of diminished returns? Why don't we saturate this sport to the point where you can live without it? Which is what the NBA has done, which is what League Baseball has done, which is what they're doing. Um, I agree with you. I, I, but now the NFL is entering that, uh, that approaching that slippery slope where we're going to sell games to streaming uh, streamers, uh, Amazon, or uh, there's another one I forget the name of it. Apple. Apple. Advil? Apple. Apple. Oh. <laughs> But I'm sure they'll be able to sell the, the official, the official I have the medicine cabinet. I know. The, the official medicine of each team. They'll be able to sell that as well. Coming too. But you're going to, it's so clearly a money grab. Consolidate, make make your game, you know, cleanse, first of all, cleanse your game. Get rid of all the junk that's around it especially some of the people, many of the people. I wanted to ask, through your years of covering stuff at the Post and being a columnist, uh, you must have worked with, with close people who have helped you along the way. Uh, who are the most important people for your success? And uh, getting away from this, this idea that people misconstrue what you say, uh, who were the, the best people that you had the opportunity to make interview with uh, to maybe work on stuff with uh, people who are in your corner, uh, stand by your side, maybe even up until today. That's a good one, Joe. Uh, well, I've always, uh, I've always uh, leaned toward the self-effacing. As, as far as athletes, again, this is a guy you're probably unfamiliar with. His name was Rich Kelly. He was seven foot two out of Stanford. 
he played for the New Orleans Jazz. And he was traded to the Nets when I covered the Nets in about, I don't know, 80, 79. And he was traded for Bernard King. Bernard King had drug issues and alcohol issues. Uh, Kelly, Rich Kelly, had the league in rebounding, which was something of a statistical aberration because he was playing center for, uh, um, oh gosh, what was the player's name from LSU? Uh, Ralph Sender? No. no uh, was, you, uh, he played at UCLA. Uh, Come on, play for the Celtics. No the Atlanta Flames. Atlanta, Atlanta Flames. Atlanta Hawks. <laughs> oh my gosh. He's the greatest. I have books about him. Anyway, this guy was taking so many shots a game that Kelly could, could rebound for him. So anyway, he became a net. And after his... First game in Piscataway, probably about 4,500 people there. Not much. And uh, in a good game, he probably had about 12 rebounds and 13 points. And I think the Nets won. Uh, and I remember a guy named Mike, the late Mike Weber from the Star Ledger and myself went up to Rich Kelly afterwards. And, and he had this, he was 7'2". He had this scraggly beard. He looked like a toothpick. And he, he just looked like a homeless guy. And we said, Rich, you, you played really well. And you got a, you got a nice ovation from the crowd. What would you think of that? And he looked up and he said, they'll learn. <laughs> like, they'll, they'll find out I'm not that good. <laughs> and I just thought that was brilliant. I just thought that. And from that day on, I became close with Rich Kelly, who also, at about six in the morning in Logan Field Airport in, in, in Boston, was approached by Harry Krishnas. And he had this long coat. He looked like a hippie. He, he was seven foot two. Though. And the Krishnas were asking him for money. And, and Richie waved him off and he said, nah, he says, I gave him another life. <laughs> that was brilliant. But guys like, those are the people, I mean, in, in my life, um, there are there's so many, uh, Joe, there are so many stand people. Like, there's a guy named Dominic Morano, who has retired from the post, who doesn't, who, and he had very low self-confidence. And he had, and he, he worked in, in editorial as a, as a lay guy. He had no idea how smart he was, no idea what perspective he provided. He's just a guy, you don't know him. You know, I can't, I can't tell you, well, uh, Bob Woodward and, and Carl Bernstein, I can't. But this guy did. And he just, <laughs> forgive me, but one day I, we, we used to work downtown near Chinatown. And I was, I was a copy boy. I was a grunt. And I had to go get Mrs. Chef uh, who owned the post back then. I had to go get her Chinese food for lunch from this high-end place called Shamir. And uh, I'm walking back to the post, which was on South Street. 
and there's a, a dog, there are two dogs, and they're copulating. And Dominic is in a, his orange Volkswagen, and I barely knew him. And the dog, the dogs are copulating right in front of his car. And he sees me and he rolls down the window and he says, and I got to go back to work. <laughs> I, thought was, I thought that was brilliant. I thought that was brilliant. And these are the people who you gain, I mean, Pete Hamill could, but I didn't spend that much time with those people. Um, Monty Begley, there was a woman at, at the Madison Square Garden during the Bob Gikowski days named Monty Begley, who was in charge of corporate things. She was, she was just, she was just a hoot because she, she didn't give a rat's tail what anyone thought. She was going to do what she thought was right. And many more times than not, she was right. And these are the kinds of, and to watch her, of course, she couldn't survive the Dolan purge. So she was gone, but I, I'm still close with her. She's just an amazing woman, amazing woman. But Joe, I wish I could tell you like, well, um, Tino Martinez, uh, no, but it didn't happen. <laughs> it just didn't happen. I'm not, I, I'm not a hang around or I'm a, I'm a right, I kind of a. No, that's fine. You're a regular knucklehead. guy. Knucklehead. I'm a knucklehead. I'm a knucklehead. Go to columns. That's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Yeah. Who, who's influenced you? Some guy named, named Jimmy down the street, right? That's right. All right. So leave me okay. alone. So leave me alone. What now? We're at a Zoom time? No, we are good to go. We're, you know, you're, you're known to have many feuds over the years. Just want to know if you have any favorite feuds that you could remember. Feud? Feuds, yes. yeah. I mean, yeah. maybe they're, maybe they're one-sided when people are feuding you. I've had feuds with guys and a gal or two, and they've ended out of... Uh, mutual respect or out of like in my business or the way I conduct my business if you write what you perceive to be the truth in other words my version of the truth the person you're writing about may hate you but in the end when they want their truth to be heard they're not going to go to the to the fanny kisser they're going to come to me and and because you've got the guts to write it, you've got the guts to pursue it, you've got the guts to find the answer for me. Why? 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 And that's very gratifying. And oftentimes, I've made. Uh, you don't want to make in my business. You don't want to be friends with anyone, but almost inevitably, you you become with people you can't help it and even friends i i, I admit uh, these are the dictates of the human condition i make friends and um this i could tell you a guy <laughs> he's such a jerk and i kind of love him uh sid rosenberg he's a jerk he knows he's a, jerk. <laughs> he's a professional jerk and he knows he's a professional jerk. But 
we have a we, and oh my god, he used to kill me. I used to kill him, and it was it wasn't a person. I I can't think. Get running this fall at Dunkin' with $2 medium iced coffees from 2 to 6 p.m. Try any of Dunkin's delicious iced coffee, like their signature original blend. Or treat yourself to mocha, caramel, or the fall favorite, pumpkin. Always freshly brewed, made just the way you like it. Make time for happy hour and enjoy a $2 medium iced coffee from 2 to 6 p.m. Washington, D.C. runs on Dunkin'. Participation may vary. Limited time offer. Exclusions apply. Every day... Thousands of hackers try to steal your crypto. But Arculus uses air-gapped technology by forming a protective barrier that insulates you from hackers and secures your crypto. Order yours at GetArculus.com. Of anyone I've gone after in a personal sense. I really, I, I really, I'm not trying to tell you I'm like, you know, uh, uh, noblesse oblige, because I'm not. I pick my nose and sometimes I don't recycle. And, um, but, uh, <laughs> I mean, I actually, who, I actually had an incredible, you know, who I was close with at the start, but then I couldn't indulge him or suffer him with Francesa. I was very close with him. I was the one who was pushing for him to get a full-time gig at FAN. But then he started to use me to plant stories about how cool he is and all these, these uh, offers coming his way that weren't coming his way. And then he'd get on the, uh, when somebody would ask him about it on the air, he'd say, oh, uh, I, uh, that's, not, that's wrong. That's wrong. He'd say, and then, whoa, 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 whoa. I call him, at least say no comment. Don't say that, don't put my integrity at risk. Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Then he did it again, and and I said, "That's it, Mike. We're done. We're done. We're done. You, you're you're using me to to boost yourself." And imagine that. I never knew that was in him. Right? <laughs> That's what he's about. So anyway, you think we're gonna have? You think he's gonna return to radio again, or you think he's? Oh, I don't know. This time. No. I don't know. I don't care. What I mean, think? if he does, he does. And speaking of radio, what do you think about the endless sports gambling reads every few minutes on, on the air now? Well, me, what do you think? Come on. I think, I think that's, I think it's, that's where they're making, that's, that's where the stations are making all their money. So it's make money, but it's oversaturated. So in other words, it's money over morality. Yeah, and another another thing there. Did you see the NHL is naming their divisions after their sponsors? You got the Discover well, Division, Mass Mutual, Honda, Scotia. That doesn't that bothers me marginally, but you know, it, it's not like it's the Snoop Dogg division, right? <laughs> so, yeah. what is your opinion in general on uh, generic advertising in all throughout sports? Because uh, where we're seeing now advertisements on helmets in hockey, we're seeing advertisements on jerseys uh, in NBA. I understand it. Uh, I and I mean, you come from the newspaper industry, so you you understand yeah. or you understand how uh, what but I've never sold has I've done. never sold my body to it. I've never sold right. my uniform. I don't have a uniform. I've never sold my collar to it. Now, 
Joe, if somebody in advertising wants to say, how would you like to buy the strip ad under Mushnick's column? I don't want to know anything. About, I don't want to know anything about that. But it is, and even if it's for the strip ads for strip joint, <laughs> I don't want to know anything about it. Because uh, that's, uh, but I, I do understand the advertising thing, but now it's gone, you know, now that we've crossed over into, I mean, if you look, let's say you're watching a major league baseball game and you look at, you look at the, uh, the advertising in the outfield, you'll see uh, ones for uh, liquor, ones for erectile dysfunction pills, and another's for FanDuel. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to what happened to tires and refrigerators? I mean, what happened? Uh, right. It says it says something about the state of, of people in this country, doesn't it? The specific advertisements that you get. Yes. And then you get uh, in sports games, you also get stuff regarding like credit repair and yeah, oh. you can go on and on and on. But I I understand what you're saying. <sighs> Think about the advertisements. Joe, that's funny you should say that because I, I need to know, um, is anyone else listening? Because I could let you in on the ground floor. I'm serious. Nick, butt out a second. For reverse mortgage. <laughs> would, you, would you like a reverse mortgage? No? No. Uh, I, uh, do you know Tom Selleck? Uh, Tom, well, Tom asked me to ask you. Tom asked me to ask you because you look so much alike. That's right. He said that. Mr. Baseball. He did. Tom, oh, he just he just went out for smoke. Phil, I wanted I wanted to ask you with with the NFL. It seems like everybody has the same pregame shows these days. But an interesting thing was that. Oh. Tony Romo, you know, he's getting paid 19 million a year. He obviously had a, he got a, he got a well-deserved break when Jim Nance was doing the masters and he had to miss the game due to COVID. But I was surprised. I was surprised CBS decided to throw Boomer out there rather than Phil Sims. What does it say about Phil Sims? He's, his standing must be pretty well. I think that there's a, uh, some real bad blood between Sims and Nance. And I think it has nothing to do with Boomer, but and that, I've been very critical of Boomer. I thought Boomer did a good job on that game. However, um, <laughs> we have to give him credit for young discipline because he didn't act like, you know, a, you know, a juvenile profanity speaker as he does on WFAN, which to you know, WFAN has, oh, fellas, it, it's become such a vast empty wasteland and you know gambling is all part of it too but there's there's no sense that that the people doing doing the hiring well none of these uh, espn radio new york espn uh radio national there's no sense that any of these people know who do the hiring know the difference between bad and much much worse they don't you know, there's no clever, there's no appeal, there's every, and especially with the ESPN, everything is the cell of the cell of the cell of the cell of the cell. 
We're going to talk the end about the NBA today all day. Anyone care? No, but right. we sell the NBA. Really? And they complete ESPN. Do you think they just completely ignore any sport they don't have broadcast rights to? Right. Correct. Like ice hockey. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No yeah. Problem. And I'm a hockey fan. I've always been a hockey. Always been a hockey. Although I don't need Barry. You know, if it's Barry Melrose, I don't need him telling me about hockey because he's. He's half a knucklehead. <laughs> no, excuse me. He's half. He's two thirds of a knucklehead. Yeah, I always what felt. You like want? In Can I go home? The networks. I'm home. The, the 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 networks. I don't think anymore do a good job of of allocating uh, proper time and, and resources and, and distribution when it comes to stuff. You know, we have four major popular professional sports. I don't necessarily watch soccer, but I do have friends who watch soccer now, watch like the Premier League and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Are as huge. You know, it, it, missing it, one sport it, feels like, it feels like it's just it's now 24-7. It's either the NFL or the NBA. It dominates 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. Exactly. And it's, it, it, it's all a part of, I don't want to say there's this singular narrative, but it, it, it's evident that they have allowed the money, the extra money coming into their pocket to entirely dictate uh, everything that they're doing. On and their- always will, Joe, and always will. Um, the soccer, I became a big soccer fan on my first beat, uh, which was the New York Cosmos in 1977. Not a big fan, but... I'll watch an EPL. I'll watch a, a Premier League game on NBC Saturday, as opposed to say a Larry King inf- infomercial. <laughs> and <laughs> that was funny, Joe. You're not listening, Joe. Of course I am. Oh, okay. Still here. Um, I'll put the laugh the laugh track up. I'm laugh, and you have to laugh. All right. Wait, I, but I also we have I don't know the problem with soccer on American TV is you don't know I mean you're going to see the Bundesliga from Germany you're going to see the Liga from Italy you don't know when these games were played you don't know what how long ago you don't know what what what's their you know, I'm starting to grind a little here you don't know what the, what their their importance is the significance and that's too much that's too much but that's that's standard television neglect i mean how many times have you watched you've come let's say you've come home late and you what are you a hockey fan yeah we're a rangers fan yeah we're 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 sports fans in general we follow up on all the new york sports all right let's say you you can't you you came Mixing home from uh, a, a night out, and uh, <clears throat> you, you never did hear about the Ranger game. And you turn on the encore production, and you're watching it. And there, at the bottom, the final score. Right. They put, and you say, "What the hell's the matter with these people?" And it's just, it's just negligence. It's just a lack of basic quality control negligence. You would think that that would be before that game starts. All right, fellas, who's ever in charge of the rebroadcast 
don't put the score up along the bottom. You would think that that was requisite, but it's not. It's not. I mean, you again, you guys are too. When infancy cable on a Friday, Saturday nights, all these cable, like cable vision, the, the Dolan systems, they, they would have time codes to shut, to shut the uh, broadcasts off, shut the, uh, the cable off. So I, I'll never forget there was a, an incredible game. There was Doc Gooden against Fernando Valenzuela, nothing, nothing at LA to the 10th inning and they're both in there. Bing, it shuts off because they put up a thing at 1 a.m., shut it off. And there was no one to call because weekends, who's, who's there? Who's there? And it's it's just kind of, I would, I would have had a guy on site. He couldn't leave until that game was over. Whatever happened to Nick? He's there. He's listening. Oh, okay. very, very, yeah, he's uh, very patient. Uh, I have, I have another question for you. Once Joe like, gets on a roll, I just got to let him go with it. Yeah. No, That's no, what... it's smart. He's smart. He's made a bigger fool of himself than you have, but I'm, I'm in the lead. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I have. Uh, I think you bring. And I don't plan to surrender. It. Yeah. Every day. Everybody yeah. wants everything instantaneously. There's a lot of attention to detail. I think it's sports uh, that we're kind of losing sight of, which is really, really super important. And I also, I wanted to ask you, uh, you, know, about, you know, coming off that, uh, who are people in the industry uh, that you think did the right way? Who are people out there who do you think report the right way, uh, who produce their programming? right way uh you know is there anybody that comes to mind or is there any show there are so few there are so few it's easy to answer right as it relates to production of basketball cbs has a producer slash director named bob fishman who's been doing the ncaa final four and all that for a thousand years he's also a uh a, uh, what do you call that, uh, a cancer survivor, but uh, anyway, anyway, he, he was very sick, but he's still at it, <clears throat> and he intuitively, or it's not even intuitively, it's just common sense, knows that you don't, you don't get off the floor with two minutes left in a tie game, and someone in, in, in a full-court press to show the cheerleaders or to show the bench because the game's on, the game's on. I mean, and you don't go after the, after the guy scores with 30 seconds left to tie the game, you don't go to that, what they call a hero shot, which is the close-up of the guy who just scored. No, you stay wide to show the game. And a guy like Bob Fishman, I've always tried to prevail upon him to write a book about how to direct basketball, is, is one of the best. Um, as it relates to um, dealing with your, with your analyst, there's no one better than Marvell. 
No one. Yes. No one. He yes. always he always makes his analysts better. If you're one of his analysts, I mean, look what he's done for Chris Weber. I mean, if, if, if you if you don't improve sitting next to Marv Albert, you got the problem. You got the problem. He's made. He he just surrenders himself. He busts their chops. He brings out the best of them. He asks them questions. Why would there's no one as it relates to TV play by play? I would say. And this goes against everything, Nick, that I've always preached about con concise versus, but, and he doesn't shut up, he doesn't shut up, but he's no value to any of us being quiet. And that's uh, Mike Doc Emmerich on, on the NHL. He's just such tremendous wordsmith. And uh, I might add, tremendous human being just something very very special but i would i've actually nick I, I i i've stuck with six to two games to hear Emmer i really have and and i i would like to think that i'm discriminating <clears throat> in fact I, i'm so discriminating i'll never come on the show again <laughs> <laughs> listen i think that's 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 how you know someone's good if they're going to stick there through a blowout to make sure now a team that's been blown out a lot is the jets and you know you had a great column on <laughs> donald you said it's not really his fault the jets are probably gonna move off from him and i'm thinking in three years they'll be moving off from his replacement justin fields and they'll be looking for a new coach it's an ever-running cycle with the jets you see i I don't know enough about these people. See, well, let me finish first. I don't know enough about these people to be able to sit in judgment of whether their career should be ended. I don't have that knowledge. I don't have gall. And I, I, I just don't have that acumen. And now I'll follow it up with <clears throat> the best guy in the NFL I ever met was Rich Kotite. Joe, tell him who, tell him who your, high, your middle school English teacher was. <laughs> His wife? My high my middle, middle school English teacher was Kotite's wife. Yes. Cindy. Is her name Cindy? Elizabeth. Oh, oh my God! What was her name? Pretty, right? Very pretty. I think it was Elizabeth. Yeah. Liz, Liz, Liz. Liz. Yes. Right, Liz. Liz Where Polly Prep? Strict. She was the strictest teacher. Five. Uh, Number oh, one. Yeah. And you, you know where she got spanking there. <laughs> true story. I swear to God, he came into our, our school. My last day of eighth grade, as we grad, uh, my last day of seventh grade, uh, as we were preparing for the summer, uh, he came in, and, and let me tell you something. Being isn't this wait a second? Wait a second. Isn't this better than WFAN here in this This is better than like promo code Evan. Tell him Joe we sent you. Code so you can use it on DraftKings. Yeah. Keep going. Keep going. 
So she came in. He came in. I don't mean to interrupt. That was no, 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 no. But he uh, he didn't really stay long. But he came in and he towered over her. And and at the time, I mean, when you're when you're young, then obviously I, I knew of Jet's history. You know, I didn't realize how big he was going to be in my life. And that goes back to me being smaller than I am now. I didn't know that much since then. Oh, you're, you're, you're smaller than you were the eighth grade. Super, super nice. Uh, I told him you suck. You went 115 with the Jets, but other than that, he was fine. Uh, let me tell you something. I, first of all, I had a major crush on Liz. Major crush on Liz. But here's how we know Rich Cotite. We Back then, we called him Dick Cotite. He played at Wagner College. I grew up on Staten Island. That's where we're from. We both we're live from. in Staten Island. So how about You're that? You're kidding me. Yeah. My wife went to Wagner. They come up 49 minutes into the conversation. Oh, okay. Where are you from? It's none of your business. I just told you Staten Island. <laughs> Sunnyside. Sunnyside. Sunnyside, near Wagner College. Yeah, Grimes Hill. So I grew up at Wagner, near Wagner College. And I'm up there at Ball Boy every Saturday for the Wagner Seahawks football team, which went undefeated that year. I'm going to say I was 10 or 11 years old. I was a ball boy. I kept the tack charts. Dick Cotite, Richie Cotite is the star tight end. Oh, boy, was he good. He was so good. Just a little square out from a quarterback named Danny Cotton. Just And... I, I just got really close with him. He, was, he treated me. He was a mensch. He treated me so well. I was just a kid. He gave me his, his he gave me a jersey. And then they were undefeated. They were going to go to the Tangerine Bowl, which back, you know, now defunct. And I told him I wanted to go. He came and spoke to my parents and said, if we get the bid, let your son go. I'll, I'll keep an eye on him. I'll keep an eye on him. Wow. Incredible. Wow. Now, since then, we, we've, st- we've we became close. When he was the Eagles head coach, we played a lot of golf together. He'd come back up to where I play golf in Jersey. And he's, he's, he's a good person. He, he never took credit for a win. He didn't have that many wins. But the Eagles, he, he did great. He did great with the Eagles. No, he had a lot of great success with the Eagles. But, uh, I, think, um, I think a lot of the Jets stuff was just very poor timing. Uh, I think ownership should have went. You know what it was? Way. Joe, it was loyalty. He was so loyal to a coaching staff that had outlived, like Zeke Britkowski, who recently died. He just, he, he was just so loyal to all these people because he was a good person. He was too good a person. He wasn't throat enough and I remember I you know he had he had a growth in his head I remember I almost went with him when he he was at the uh Chattanooga University of Chattanooga Memphis at Chattanooga when Joe Morrison do you remember Joe Morrison from the Giants famous halfback number 40 unfortunately he uh he was the, the head coach Richie was assistant and Richie kept getting these these eye blottos and he had a, he had a, uh, a brain tumor 
and they sent him to the University of Cleveland Clinic, which is still one of the greatest. And he he was fixed. All right. What are we doing for dinner? I'm having roast beef in about uh, 20 minutes or so. Wow. You married? Cooker. No, 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 no. I, I, we live, uh, Nick married. He got married. Nick's married? Uh, yeah. Nick, you got a kid? Not yet. Yeah, I got, I got uh, two daughters and two granddaughters. Nothing better than that. Stop us. Oh, I, okay. No, no, it is. It is. I'm, I'm truly, truly blessed. I, uh, yeah, I hope you and your family have a happy new year. Uh, when Nick and I uh, start working for the New York Post soon. We're going to have you on a lot more. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we're going to beat WFAN in the ratings. I can promise you that. Uh, so what we do here is we always give our guests the last word. So we'll begin to wrap this up. Obviously, you gave us a lot and you're more than welcome to share as much as you want, a little more with us. Uh, but the floor is all yours, Phil. Thank you again for coming on with us. You're more than welcome to come on with us anytime you want. Well, thank you, fellas. I, and, I, and I mean that, I appreciate it. But in closing, closing, I would like to say that virtually everything I said to you guys tonight, I fabricated. <laughs> Not one word was true. So thanks so you again. Started, you started by advancing your career with a lie. And then to bring everything full circle. So he's, not, he's not really from Staten Island then. What a luck to I am. I he was where, real where, where, where'd you guys go to high school? I went to Staten Island Tech. I went to St. Joseph by the Sea. Really? Oh, My I wife went to, went to uh, Wagner College. So I'm very familiar with the Seahawks. I went to Wagner for uh, uh, grad school. Not long. Because then nice. I got hired by the Post. Nice campus. I went to Curtis. Beautiful campus. And then I went to a place that you've never heard of called Richmond Town Preparatory School, Richmond Town Prep, which was for uh, bad, bad kids. And I was one. I told you I was a bad kid. Phil, do you Remember? miss Did we do, you this? Miss, do you miss the uh, Staten Island pizza? Yes, you told us you're a bad oh, kid. Oh, well, the, Richie Ippolito is, is married to the Joe and Pat's family. Joe and Pat's the best. Okay. And uh, you know, Nick's you never the Roadhouse. The Roadhouse. Road yeah, right by Wagner. Wagner College. Yeah, you get a clam pie. But you go to Tino's in Port Richmond. Yep. And, yep. Yeah, okay. Nunzio's. Nunzio's is great. Brothers, Brothers in Port Richmond, also good. Yeah, yeah. Hey, we're, we're really, we've just absolutely killed your audience. If they're not from Staten Island, they don't give a rat's tail about this conversation. <laughs> who doesn't love Who doesn't love They'll people. never come back. They'll never come back. What's that back there? Baseball cards? Yes, I have a, a showcase of old baseball cards. Yeah, well, as soon as you get married, those are going. <laughs> yes, that is for certain. That is for certain. Yeah, I used to have this stuff, too. You want to see my stuff? Mm, just books and stuff. Uh... All right, fellas. Well, we appreciate it. And that's going to do I'm it. Really, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm busting chops, but I really enjoyed this. We appreciate it too. Not as much as you two. Not as much as you two, but I enjoy it. Thank you very much, Phil. So that's going to do it here for our special guest, Phil Mushnick, and for Joe Calabrese, I'm Nick Durst, and this has been You Know I'm Right. Sure, you may be able to hear just how crispy the McDonald's crispy, juicy, tender chicken sandwich is, but that's just the beginning. 
The full crispy, juicy tender experience comes after you take your first bite. But why stop there? Order ahead on the app and get medium fries and soft drink for free. Now that's a deal that tastes even better than it sounds. About 830 to 919, 1011 to 1031, and 1122 to 121. Valid one time per week. McDonald's app download and registration required.